everyone. Welcome to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I am Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You. And I am very excited this week to welcome my amazing guest, Jackie. Now I'm panicking because I got her at Giolano. And she is the mom to twin boys, age 15 months, seventh grade math teacher, and nine-time Kona qualifier slash finisher, with her most recent one being a week ago. And we're going to talk a lot about that. She is full of grit, curiosity, and strength, and I am very excited to chat with her. Um, one of the things that maybe she may not know, but she's been very open about kind of her story with infertility and IVF and, and how, um, you know, kind of getting pregnant through that process. And what she probably doesn't know is that her story actually really, really helped me when I miscarried. And it was just, I found her words of, of, of faith and in the process and to be very just reassuring and really helpful. And even though they were semi slightly different stories, it just really spoke volumes to me. And ever since then, I just have thought you're just one of the most amazing people. So I'm really excited to share her story of being a mom, working a full-time job, triathlon, life, and everything in between. So welcome, Jackie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Um, so you guys are, you've just returned earlier this week from the Big Island. Um, yeah. How was the race? How was everything? This was your ninth or was it your 10th? Yeah, my ninth. Yeah, ninth. my ninth one. Second as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say last year, as only having three month olds, like I was able to take it a lot easier. Well, I had to because of my body, but last year was almost a little, I don't know, more enjoyable. Cause like you could savor every moment. You know what I mean? Like there was no pressure at all. Like yeah. not that there was any pressure this year, like not, no, nobody had any pressure on me. I didn't really put any pressure on myself, but I did have like kind of big expectations. And, um, it's funny. My mom um, was over helping with the boys earlier tonight and she was like, now make sure that you stay positive on the podcast. And I'm like, I'll try to stay positive as I can, but I'm also going to keep it real, mom. Like I yes. was disappointed and I still am disappointed. Like I, I told my students, I'm like, cause they're seventh grade students. So they, they are all into the drama and I'm like, I just need a really good, ugly cry. <laughs> So. Hey, you know, you are allowed to be very real on this podcast. We we, sh- we are not afraid of, to share those pieces. And disappointment is a part of that. And I actually, I have something I want to talk to you about because you actually put in one of your most recent posts about Kona that you kind of felt this that this pressure of wanting to be a role model for moms that, that you could podium and yeah. that you could do it and that we could do it. And I mean, I know I very similarly have felt that pressure myself, like as I made that jump after having kids to the professional field and then having kind of a rough year in the professional field and feeling that pressure of like wanting to show women that we can have children be run a business or be working and still chase our dreams. Um, can you maybe talk to me a little bit about how you felt about all that, what that kind of transpired and, you know, afterwards and that kind of piece. Yeah. I just feel like there's not a lot of, at least there's not a lot of women that like share their stories like of the the challenges of motherhood and training and working like all of these different things that you have to balance and um I really wanted to show like that you like that like you really can do it all and that you can be good at all of it too I mean um I had really really good training going in like I my husband thought I was a little crazy but I was like no I I feel like I'm in as good of shape as I have been, like when I podiumed the other years, like I, I really feel like it's possible. And 
um, it, it's funny because in one of my, we teach an advisory class in my students and one of the struggles, one of the things that we talked about was internal versus external um, mm-hmm. roadblocks. And I was like, they're like, so your race, you experienced an external roadblock, didn't you? And I was like, absolutely, you're right. And that sucks because I was like, really the first time that I've had an external roadblock, like I've had um, like mental struggles before, like 2014 when someone was super, super windy. I like mentally just had a really rough day, but this one was completely out of my control. And um, I think that's the hardest part is like knowing that I didn't get to work to my potential and like truly like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I felt like, it would be so inspiring to be on that podium for other women, but I, I really did. And I really believed I could do it. And yeah, it, it, it almost would have been easier if, if I like sabotaged myself, but it yeah. was, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Cause you had a, basically a flat tire almost through the entire race. If I remember you saying yeah. correctly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm oh. still kind of annoyed at myself with that because like I watched my, I was actually pumping myself. So my teammate who has the same bike, same pump, same everything that I do, she pumped my tires for me because, you know, I didn't want my milk leak or whatever. And she was very yeah. kind about it. And so I watched her do it. Like we, there was another girl with us. Like all three of us saw that she pumped it up to 50 PSI. So like I assumed everything was fine, put my nutrition on my bike, felt my tires because I'm crazy and like paranoid about getting that tire and everything was perfect going into the water. So I like, I have no idea how it managed to like lose so much pressure like in what an hour and a half <laughs> yeah 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 and so yeah did it definitely I mean when when it ends up being basically a, almost a slow leak slash flat the entire time you were going to have to press push so much power extra power and get nowhere yeah. um yeah <laughs> how, you know so that probably you know yes it was an external piece that you were dealing with but that creates its own you know mindset and internal struggles um yeah how how did that go for you did were you able to what kept you mentally in it I guess because you kind of had to really be very <laughs> mentally tough so to speak of yeah. working through well something's not right and I don't quite know what it is but I want to stay in it what kept you in it um, just knowing that I don't want my boy, like I want my boys to see that like you can persevere through things. And like my students, I know there was a handful of them that were like super excited. Like they like would email me and say, "Good luck! I can't wait to watch you and everything." Um, and I'm like, "Well, you, you don't see the the amateurs on the the live stream, but that's cute that you think that you can." <laughs> it was funny that they were asking about that, but um, I just didn't want to like have them see that there was nothing physically wrong with me. Um, like something happened that, you know, kind of didn't make my race go as well, but like I'm healthy and that's like huge coming back, like postpartum and everything to be able to be healthy and like toe the line with the world's best. So I just wanted to show them that like, yeah, there's things that you can't control, but like you can control your mind. And, um, I, I didn't want to go to a dark place. Like, (laughs) you know, postpartum depression is definitely real. And like, I've been through plenty of dark places. I'm like, I, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me physically, like, keep going, like, get your mind, like in the right place and finish that race, like show your boys that, like, you can get get through anything. I love that. Because I know that's kind of a lot of how I feel when I'm out there as well. <laughs> um, and there's, I, you post a picture 
either on your story on Instagram or something where your husband's carrying both your kids and you're running and I'm pretty sure he was yelling at you. And that just spoke volumes to me because it was like, that is, that is my <laughs> life. That is, that is trap on life with kids. And, you know, yes. and I, you know, and that kind of is like showing again, you can see that, Hey, I am, I am persevering. I am showing up for, for them. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's really a, it just exemplifies everything that, you know, you've accomplished. Um, so you said that you kind of felt like, so last year you were three months postpartum. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. what was kind of the decision behind wanting to, wanting to show up at Kona three months postpartum? <laughs> Cause that's big. That's a big um, decision. I did that similar. I, I showed up at Ironman Arizona four months postpartum. Um, <laughs> and that was a big decision, but Kona is even more intense. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I had to wrap my head around like knowing that like I wasn't gonna have this spectacular performance. Like, just be grateful that you know, first pregnancy, I'm still able to like I was able to run until until they kept me at the hospital um, yeah. before I delivered, and I was I was healthy throughout my pregnancy, and like I saw my physical my pelvic floor physical therapist. Always hard to say that. Um, right. She cleared me like three times, and she's like, "You're completely fine." Like, there, you really aren't risking anything to your body. Like, if you feel like you're trained well enough, like this isn't your first Ironman, this isn't your fifth Ironman, this is your like I think it was fifteenth or something Ironman. So she's like, "Your body knows what to do." Yeah. So like, as long as you're smart about it, and you know, dial back if you need to, and make sure you're really hydrating more and taking in more nutrition. And so I felt like since I had her blessing, like. I was good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so you mentioned that you were pumping. So you are, were for both of these still like breastfeeding, pumping through both of them. Yeah. That takes a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was that? What was that like? So for me, I always, I had a really horrible supply. So I ended up only being able to um, pump for about 10 weeks. And so I only, the, the very, my very last race that I did, I was my first race that I did was like eight weeks postpartum with Baylor. And I just had to pump in the morning and I was done. I didn't have to worry about it the rest of the day, but that was only for a 70.3 and Ironman is a different story. Um, <laughs> that must be wild. How was that? It was so cool last year. Like, cause I pumped before. Um, and then Ryan actually, he got because the men and women race on different days, he had like the clearance or whatever to like come in right outside of the tent, not in the tent. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So that he could bring me my pump. And the first time everything went totally fine. Like, and it was cool because he was able to tell me like how people were doing and stuff. Cause he of course was still tracking everything. Um, and then the second time, so like I pumped right after the swim, he took that milk home to the boys. Cause I hadn't really had any, you know, anything too sugary or anything then. So it didn't really matter about that milk. And then after the bike, I was on at about six, just just under six hours, I think. So um, then he met me at the tent again, and he was he was telling me how Chelsea Sonaro was winning it and giving me all these updates. Like it was so cool. Um, but he had forgotten part of the pump, and oh, no. like it, it must have fallen off or something. So here I am, hand pumping on one side, and then using that my actual pump on the other side, and then I switch halfway through. I'm like, oh my gosh. Good thing I'm not going for a time or anything here because right. like this is definitely an add-on time. But I somehow still didn't have the slowest transitions. You know how they tell you that at the end of the mm-hmm. race? Like yeah. somehow I, it took 46 minutes between the two transitions and someone was slower than me. It was crazy. I was oh my like, goodness. what are they doing? Taking a nap? <laughs> maybe. I mean, <laughs> hey, or maybe you're just, you know, you get very efficient at pumping. I know I did actually. It's like, all right, boom, yes. boom, that's done. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yep, I feel good. Oh, I can go. <laughs> I good. Oh wow, how that is so cool. What was it like? Like, so when you crossed the finish line, you know, between the two different years, was was one more satisfying? I mean, I know you're disappointed, but there's always this year, but there's always still that feel of accomplishment at the same time. And as a mom, that changes. Um, crossing the finish line these last couple races as a mom, different, better, worse. Definitely better. Um, I, th- I think especially last year, Kona, just because like, it was like, wow, guys, we did this. Like you guys survived the day without really me being around. And um, I survived that your... without being around you. Yeah. Was that one of your first big days away? Yeah. I mean, b- before that, Ryan and I had gone to Madison and we did like a four hour training ride, which Madison's like an hour, about almost two hours away. So um, it wasn't like it was maybe eight hours that we were gone from them. But I mean, for Kona, I was gone basically. It was almost time for yeah. them to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being really hard for me when, um, especially, it was almost worse for Baylor because, like, with Sky- mm-hmm. Skyler was born during right before the pandemic. And so he was older by the time I started racing again. Um, but with Baylor, I started racing at eight weeks postpartum. And I remember that being very challenging for me to yeah. be gone all day. And mm-hmm. it, took a minute. it took a minute to get back to like, okay, I can do this. I can be gone all day. He will be fine. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's, he doesn't even know that I'm gone. Probably. <laughs> I know. And it was weird because this year I thought for sure, like when I, so last year when I saw them on Alifi at like about mile one, that's where like our condo building that we stayed in was, I like grabbed them and I started crying. They started crying because they were on me. I was all sweaty and gross and full of, you know, water or whatever I threw on myself. Um, and so this year when I saw them, I was like, oh, I'm, I'll be fine. Like, I won't get choked up. But I like was like, really like thinking I needed to stop because I was getting ready to cry so hard. I was like, I mean, part of it was, you know, I was obviously upset with the bike and everything. And, but seeing them again, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to stop and be with my babies. I was like, no, you got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Um, so speaking kind of like in that mom, you know, as mom life, like you're balancing a lot. Well, and, I, and I, can, I don't even like this word balance because let's face it, we're not we're just no. throwing balls up in the air and praying something comes down in the right angle. We're not, I don't know if yeah. we're balancing or not, but, um, you know, mom life training, you, so you have twins. I mean, that's busy training work. Um, how is all of that? Like, that's a big shift. I know it was a big shift for me. It's a big shift from going from training some solely to then all these pieces. Um, how has that shift been for you? Um, I think like, because I had my parents in the beginning, like they would come over all the time to like watch the boys and I would work out. I mean, we planned it. So it was either like they were feeding from the bottles or it was nap time for them. So I really wasn't missing any time with them in the beginning. Um, but then this year, um, I had my first summer with the boys, like at like summer teacher summer, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, it was really hard in the beginning. Um, I remember crying to Ryan, like saying, I don't know that I'm going to make it this summer. Like I'm, we're going to have to hire a nanny or something like this is just so exhausting. Um, cause they were crawling, they were on the, they weren't walking in the summer yet, but they were just crawling so much. And I mean, I had, I was very lucky that I could bring them to the gym for an hour while I swam, but that was like really my only break besides like when they would take naps. So that was that was a huge adjustment. And then when they started daycare in August, that was a huge adjustment because they just kept getting sick, which, you know, that's, that's what happens when kids start daycare. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, we didn't get like overly sick or anything, but it was just hard because they'd wake up in the middle of the night. So like 
I, I feel like as a mom, that's the biggest piece. Like you don't get that recovery that you do prior to being a mom. Like massages, like so you're lucky if you get one a year <laughs> and like extra sleep. You, you do not get that unless the kids are with grandma and grandpa's. <laughs> so exactly. it's just a lot harder for that aspect. Yeah, it is. And I, I agree with you that like the biggest piece that I noticed was the difference was you would get done with a training day and you don't get to just take your time to shower and eat and maybe lay down and watch TV. It's it's as soon as you get home, you either have to immediately shower or you try to slam some food because somebody wants to, somebody needs a bottle, mm-hmm. somebody just wants to play. And yeah. <laughs> it's, you definitely don't get that kind of recovery um, piece no. of it. But it's also, you know, I think it just becomes a part of what we do, right? And, yeah. You know, you walk through those pieces a little bit more. Um, do you think, you know, so in kind of balancing all those, you know, what does, how has, what has training looked like for you? Are you trying to do similar amounts that you previously were? Have you had to change that? Or are you just on the fly figuring out as you go? <laughs> um, so I guess that's the, the good thing and the bad thing about coaching yourself. And I truly did not think that I would still be coaching myself at this point. Like I, I thrive off of like coaches telling me what to do and like checking those boxes, which like, you just don't have that luxury a lot of the times as a mom, like things just get in your way. So it is kind of nice that like I'm creating my own training. So if I don't like get certain things in, like it's okay, I can rearrange things like how I know it'll work for me. Um, But yeah, training is like so different now. I mean, I used to always wake up and go and swim before school and I'd get like 3K in each day before teaching. And I can't swim before school anymore because I need to help Ryan get the kids ready to go to daycare. I mean, luckily he takes them because it's the total opposite direction of work for me. So he at least does that. And he's not a morning person either. So I get to at least bike or run in the morning. Um, But then it's on me if I like, that's the hard part is my swim time is after school, which it's okay because the boys like being at daycare for like that extra time that I would be swimming because it's snack time. So they don't mind that, but it's still hard because I'm like, that's an extra almost hour. Like even if I'm only swimming for 30 minutes, by the time I, you know, finish swimming, dry off, shower, go pick the boys up. Like that's probably an hour that I'm missing of time that I could be spending with them. So I try to get in like, I was aiming for three to four swims a week. I was probably doing two to three, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's better than nothing. And I, it, I don't, my swim didn't show very well in Kona, but I feel like it's still pretty similar to what it's always been. So no real improvements, but no, like I haven't gotten worse. So there's that. <laughs> That's a big piece right there that you just kind of touched on a little bit that is so challenging as a mom. It's that trying to make that difference of like wanting to nurture that, or, you know, for you and I, specifically, like we're talking triathlon, like nurture that triathlon piece of us that is so important, but also wanting, knowing that time with our kids is, is, is fleeting in Mm -hmm. in reality, like it goes and Mm -hmm. it's, how do you feel about all that? Cause I have my, like, mm-hmm. I have those pieces where, you know, I know I have to nurture triathlon as a piece of me, or I would not be a good mom. And that's right. I just yes. know that. But at the same time, there's so much mom guilt for myself in that space. Yes. Yeah. What about you? How do you feel? What <laughs> I totally feel the same way. And it's hard too. Cause I, I feel bad if like, if I choose to sleep in, like, let's say the boys like have a bad night or something. Um, and I end up on the couch with one of them and, I always ask Brian, like, hey, is it okay if I work out after work too? Because, like, that's usually his time. So I think that's even harder because, like, I don't want to take away from his time when he's training too. Um, 
and I just I selfishly just want to be with my boys but I'm like I also want to show them that like you can still have a life outside of just being a mom like you can do yeah. you still pursue your passions it's hard because they, they don't really understand like they don't know and I mean they don't know if I'm gone for an hour versus there with them the whole time like they don't really know that yet so I think it'll probably get harder once they get older and like recognize hey mom's been gone for a while um then that might be, be harder but right now they're at daycare they're happy they're content they had birthday muffins yesterday when I was swimming so they're, they're happy <laughs> you know it it gets harder but actually I, I'm almost seeing that it gets easier because they do start mm-hmm. to realize what you're doing like and they think it's cool so that's one thing I'm just like Sky, my Skylar, who is going to be four here in a month, and even Baylor, who's who's two, um, is they they see it. They really do. They are picking up on what mom does. So I promise you that they are even at 15 months, they are noticing it. They are seeing it in an, in a positive way. And I'm starting to see that more and more as the kids get older. Like they oh. want to put on, they want to put on my race helmet and they, they run races around the house and oh. they practice triathlon and they practice. So they, and they know that, well, like Skylar's constantly asking like, when can I go to your next race? When can I go to your next race? I want to watch oh. mommy race. And, you know, so to give you a little bit of hope in that space and to, <laughs> you know, give you a little bit of space in there, if they see it even now and they're going to see it in a positive light. Because it is powerful for us moms to show, especially when we, you know, as boy moms, right? We're, we're both boy moms to show that women are really resilient and really strong. Um, and uh, most likely it's going to mean that your children are going to be even more chaotic and crazy though, because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, at least mine are, apparently that's what it looks like. Um, <laughs> but to give you a little bit of like hope, like that has been really helpful for me and has helped reduce some of the mom guilt. Like yeah, that piece. Of it. So I hope, Thank I hope you. That maybe that reduces it a little bit for you. Um, yeah. To kind of t- talk a little bit more about mom life, because we have a lot of listeners on here that are moms and, and it, it's a very, you know, kind of big, big, powerful piece of my platform. And, you know, I know it is for you as well. Um, and I know mom life really changed me. Um, how has mom life kind of changed you for the good, the bad, the worst, the ugly, the amazing, <laughs> all of the above? <laughs> Um, I think that I'm definitely, um, more like thoughtful in what I do, like in terms of like how I spend my time. Um, like if some, something or someone isn't serving me, like I, it will cut that out of my life because the time that I do spend, like, I want it to be like meaningful to me, meaningful to my kids. Um, so I feel like I, I feel like I don't have as many like outside things going on because I really want like have special moments with my kids and like I don't know be there for all the things that I can be so I don't maybe see friends as much as I would like to but I'd rather but you know spend okay. the night yeah yeah I'd rather spend tonight like making my son's Halloween costume because I know that's going to bring him a ton of joy you know like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see I hope I hope they like the costume what are, what are they what are they going to be um the slinky dog from Toy Story gosh I love that I <laughs> Like, and they're, because they're twins, they can totally do that. I could not do that with my kids because they would not be okay with it. They're just enough. <laughs> they would not, they would not do it. 
That is awesome. And I love that you're, you're much better than me. I buy my costumes because I don't have the energy to make them. Well, the pro- I would have if they would have had them in the right size. That's the problem. The, the smallest size they had was like 2T. And I was like, yeah, um, my 15-month-olds are in 9-month and 12-month clothes. So 2T is a little too big. So, oh, so um, I found a tutorial. Small, small <laughs> yeah, luckily my mom's friend has a sewing machine. She's, so she's going to help me sew because I haven't sewed since like 7th grade. <laughs> like when they made you do it in home ec. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. The 15 months. So that'll be a fun time frame because they were really, really little when you guys had. Yeah. No, 15, so 15 months. Yeah. They were really, really little then when, you know, or last time. Um, yeah. Baylor was about, would have been about 15 months for Halloween last year. And he had so much fun. Oh, thought it was so cool. It run, he was running from like spot to spot and <laughs> really cute. And um, our kid, my kids are going to be Spider Man this year. Ooh. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, apparently one of the kids in daycare has told them all about Spider Man. So that's what they're oh. going to be. That's I feel like it's a very popular costume. There's somebody on our street that's going to be Spider Man too. So I'm like, huh, it's a popular yeah. thing this year. <laughs> you know, boys. Boys are boys. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you noticed that <laughs> with your kids, yeah. but I have definitely everything is about sports and balls and <laughs> tractors and <laughs> oh man, I can't tell you the things I have thought I never realized I would say as a mom. Like, like wow, I didn't realize I would say that, but I did. Yeah, I just, I just yes. said that. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe girls are different. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't I, experienced that. I haven't experienced that, but I definitely, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I want to, re- you know, we've talked, talk, but I do want to rewind a little bit because um, you, you know, been in the triathlon world for a long time. Um, so how did you get into triathlon? <laughs> um, so it was kind of, I guess not really by mistake, but kind of. Um, so I ran in college at the University of Illinois. Ryan and I both did. That's how we met and everything. And um I couldn't really do track or, well, I kept getting injured. So that was part of the problem too. So I finally decided my senior year, I was like, well, I'm going to be student teaching anyway. Like I'm just going to lead the team. Like there's, of the past three years, like how many times have I actually competed in a race healthy? Like what's the point? So I'd rather focus my energy on teaching and get a good job after this. So um, Ryan, we like kind of reconnected because we were both kind of seeing other people at different times. We never really like dated until senior year when he found out I was doing the Chicago Marathon and he was like oh I can totally help you with that I can write a training plan I'm like yeah I'm always injured like I'm following you know the typical Hale Higdon plan that everyone follows for the first marathon right (laughs) Um, I did yeah I mean it's still popular (laughs) um so he was like let me help you with that like I'll incorporate some biking and some swimming and I was like okay whatever so um he I mean, it, it was luckily for me, it was the year that it was really hot and they canceled it basically anyway. So my dad and I like just walk around it just because I didn't want to like DNF my first marathon if I didn't have to. Um, so to, after that, Ryan continued to coach me. He's like, let's do another marathon in the in the spring. Um, there was one in St. Louis, which is like right by um, U of I. So we did that one. And then he was like, you know, you've been doing a lot of swimming and biking. There is a half um, Ironman, Buffalo Springs, 70.3 that um I'm gonna do if you want to do it with me I was like 
okay, sure. He he bought me a bike. Um, I don't remember. It was a track. I don't remember anything more about it. It's blue um, for a thousand dollars at a bike shop. So it was very, very inexpensive and it was, but it was fine. It was my first bike. And um, at that race, it was a Kona qualifier at the time. And I knew about Kona because I had gone to running camps and they had shown videos of Kona and stuff. Um, but like, that wasn't my goal at all. It was just like, I, my boyfriend wants to do this race. We're going to go dr- drive to Texas together, like have a fun little vacation. So that's what it really was for me. But then it, I didn't know it at the time, but it came down to the last mile. And this girl who Brian actually, they were on like the club tri team at U of I. Um, she saw, I had like a team USA kit cause I was into duathlons and stuff. And it said my last name on my butt. And she was like, Oh, you're Ryan's girlfriend, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, that's she goes, she just zooms by me. And I was like, awesome. And then I later found out that she uh, got the Kona slot. And I was like, Ryan's like, I can't believe that you just like talked to her and like didn't start running faster. I'm like, I don't know. This is my first like half iron meal. Like, how would I know that how my legs were going to do in the last mile? So, so yeah. Um, but that somehow still didn't light a fire under me to like want to qualify for Kona or continue to do triathlons. Um, cause I still wanted to qualify for the Olympic trials for the marathon. Um, Long story short, I had to give up on that pursuit because I just kept getting hurt. Like when I just train for marathons, I tend to get hurt versus triathlons just like balance me better. So um, a few years later, so it was 2008, I think that we did Buffalo Springs. So it was on our wedding day, actually, that Ryan was like, hey, Kona's happening today. We should be there next year. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, that's a great one year anniversary. And he was like, no, like competing, that'd be really cool. And I had just gotten the job that I'm at right now. That was like my dream job. It still is. Um, but he was like, okay, you don't have to go full Ironman. Like you don't have to go crazy on the training. There's another Eagle man at the time with another qualifier at only a half. And same thing. It came down to the last mile. And Ryan was trying to make sure that the guy behind him didn't catch him. And I was trying to make sure that I caught the girl in front of me. And we both ended up crossing as first in our age group because it was 18 to 24. So there was only one slot in the age group. Um, and we both ended up qualifying for Kona and we got to spend our first anniversary in Kona. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is such a fun story. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah and so here you my are. First time. Nine, 10 Konas, nine <laughs> Konas later. And t- t- that is so fun. Yeah. Um, so how kind of, you know, how have you, you know, over the years, you know, now since that you've done quite a few of them and now with kids, you know, obviously different, but how, you know, how have it, has triathlon kind of maybe molded you a little bit or change, you know, what have you learned about yourself through this journey? Oh man, a lot. Um, I guess the biggest thing is like, I really learned better time management just because like, there's so many different things that you have to like do to be able to be a good triathlete it's not just the swimming the biking the running for me i also i really need strength in my program like i know some people maybe can survive without it but i'm like no i i need it to stay injury free and so that but that takes away time from one of the other disciplines so i really have to be like kind of mindful of that and also like that recovery piece which again we don't really get as moms but like trying to do the best that we can whether that's you know maybe you can't get as much sleep as you used to prior to being a mom, but like you can control the eating that you like you can meal prep. And, um, so I've been really like really good about meal prepping now. Like I, I mean, before Cohen, I had all of our breakfast burritos in the freezer. Cause I was like, we're going to be hungry for breakfast and I don't want to go and stop at Dunkin' Donuts and get a donut and a coffee. So I had my breakfast burritos ready. And, um, even though it's off season, <laughs> um, but I think that like really, really having like 
plan, like intentional plans on how to set things up, whether it's like the different, you know, swim, bike, run, strength type things, or just like your, how you're going to recover. Those have been like really, really important. And I've continued to like get better at them as the years have gone on. Yeah. And I love how you kind of touched on that a bit too, with like mom life and, you know, really mm-hmm. not being able to control the recovery. So you mm-hmm. do these other pieces. Um, and I think that's a good point that, you know, so with that, you know, because it sounds like your kids are a lot like mine. They may, may or may not sleep through the night still. Um, our two-year-old, I think Baylor's going through a sleep regression because he's been keeping me up from like 1130 to three, like on and off. For the oh. last like week. And then he sleeps amazing from like three to six. <laughs> I'm oh. half awake now. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what, you know, what, what are kind of some, you know, tricks, tools, pieces that you are doing right now as, you know, in this mom life, working mom life to kind of maximize, maximize that time, you know, maximize that recovery to the extent that you can so that you're still getting the best out of yourself um, and, and, and being able to do all these pieces. Cause again, there's a lot of moms that listen to this podcast and that, you know, can any tools and tricks can be helpful. Um, I think Honestly, the biggest thing that I've been like really staying on top of, and I think part of it too is because I'm still pumping right now. I mean, I only pump in the morning and at night, but really staying on top of my hydration because I noticed like obviously like pumping that takes a lot. You need to really be hydrated for that, but then it's also going to impact my performance like athletically if I'm not staying hydrated. So every time I do like even if it's just like an easy swim, easy bike, easy run, like I always have a bottle with like some sort of electrolyte powder in it um, to really make sure that I'm like refueling my body. Cause I feel like that's like a super easy way to help my body out. Um, but something that's so overlooked. Um, and I, I mean, I guess that's honestly the biggest thing that I've like managed to like feel like I'm very successful in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thing, not so much. <laughs> I can tell you, I have not figured out the eating piece with kids and I'm going on. <laughs> I mean, Sky was going to be four. I'm going on four years now, and I still don't quite have not got that one down. It'll usually I'll get done with something. And I'm like, oh, I uh, basically all I had was a chocolate milk, and uh, <laughs> I haven't eaten in three hours now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I've Ryan hasn't loved it, but the craft cut meals, like he eats them in the summer because it's you know soups and stuff, which aren't mm-hmm. super appealing in the summer. But I'm also like, listen, that's so convenient. And chocolate meals, if you double them, will last for like a couple days. The kids can eat them. I can eat them. Like I incorporate so many like vegetables and stuff in there that like, then I know that I'm at least getting those like vitamins from the vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, that's something that's like, I feel really hard. Like one of my mom friends and I joke, like, you know, they're on vacation. If you can sit down and eat a salad, cause you can't do that when you're at home with your kids. <laughs> we, we, we have not figured out dinner time at our house either. Like it's not that well at dinner. I've given up. My husband, my husband drives him crazy, but I've given up. I just let them roam wild in the backyard. <laughs> it's like, I want to sit down and eat my, eat my food. And I'm going to do that because it's probably the one meal that I'm going to focus on for the whole day. Yeah, <laughs> Pick and choose your battles, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, um, you know, I, I kind of think one of the pieces that, you know, I, one of the things that I love, think that's so cool about you is how how one how open that you've been with your kind of all your whole journey but how you 
you are very positive about kind of working through triathlon and mom life and all these things. Um, do you feel like that's kind of just maybe just a piece of you wanting to be a role model or is it something that you've had to work on? Um, you know, cause I know like you, you've been touching on a little bit of like postpartum depression can be really, really challenging to, to navigate. And is there pieces of that, that, you know, you've had to work through a little bit? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's a hard balance because like you want to be positive, but you also want to be real. Um, and like, yes, there are, I mean, there's definitely positives. Like for, for Connor, for example, like, Hey, I didn't get, I didn't crash on my bike. Like I came back just as healthy to my boys as I started with. Like, that's a huge positive. Cause like, what if I had crashed? Like that could have been awful. Um, and I guess same thing, like going through like IVF and everything, like I just kind of told myself, okay, there's a reason for this happening. Like that, that I didn't get pregnant right now that it took, you know, so many different times before I finally did get pregnant. Um, I try to really think like there is a reason for everything happening. Like I've always kind of had that mindset. And I mean, don't get me wrong, but there are definitely times um, that I, I, that I can't wrap my head around, like why this is happening. Like I still haven't really figured out the whole Kona thing, like why it happened, how it did, because um, I really wanted that to be like, you know, my big moment or whatever. And um, so I think like maybe once I have my, my big, my big cry, um, (laughs) then I will be able to see like what, what the reason was for Kona to not go as well. Um, or maybe I just needed to like have a, a normal experience. Like, cause pe- most people don't have like, don't Kona's hard, right? Like most yeah. people don't go there and have good experiences. Like, and maybe that was just the reason, like I needed to finally experience what most people do when they go to the big Island, because I've always had, like, I've always felt so happy after almost all my races. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all. Um, Yeah, I think one of the things that I really loved about what loved and why I've really kind of connected with you. So I really kind of I kind of connected with you after we both raced in 2018 in Kona. Um, And and then and then I got pregnant and um, and didn't obviously didn't race and all the things. But one of the things one I connected kind of with you there. But then again, I re kind of refound you kind of through your IVF um, story. And it was again, really powerful for me. And I even, I don't even know if like the timelines like lined up with your IVF journey and my miscarriage. They probably did because your kids are 15 months old and Baylor's two. So they did a little bit in that, probably yeah. in that case. Cause I miscarried in between, um, in between the two kids. And, um, but it, what I really found powerful about your story is how, again, how present you stayed with or at least how that's how it felt like with and it kept me feeling really present and again like you said like okay why this had to happen like for me that was like why did this have to happen to me Mm -hmm. I don't know and I'll never know really like why I had to um and so and I actually this is gonna sound funny but I actually thought of you last year at Kona because um you have rainbow babies (laughs) I have a rainbow baby and I don't know if you remember last year at Kona when you got out onto the bike and there was the double rainbow. No. You met, oh man, this was, so last year we got out onto the bike, got out onto the bike and I got onto the queen K and I looked up and there was a double, huge double rainbow. Oh. And I remember like, I almost could cry about it now, but like, I remember thinking that there's my baby's talking to me. My, the, my rain, oh. my baby that I lost is talking to me. <laughs> 
And I remember thinking like, I just had to punch it. And I actually remember, I knew you were racing. I actually remember like briefly thinking about you at the same time. But (laughs) what I'm getting at here is... (laughs) This this power that you've always talked about, like of staying really present and just having kind of faith in the journey, um, is that something you still, you know, obviously that carried you through your IVF journey, but something you still feel very, you know, kind of is very powerful in your life? Yeah. Um, and I still, like, I, I guess anything that happens to me, like, whether it's good or bad, I'm like, I just feel like there's a reason for it. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know why I've always kind of thought that. Um, I guess maybe like that's kind of how my parents kind of, I guess, raised me. But um, I try to be as positive as I can because I feel like if you're negative and like just get down about it and keep dwelling on it, like what's that doing for you besides like beating yourself up and like nobody wants to be around that, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't want to be around yourself, nobody wants to be around you. yeah, I just, but like I said, I do have definitely have my moments. Like this week, I still can't figure out like the whole reason behind Kona, unless I, I kind of drove to Zion. Like maybe it's because we're both supposed to do an Ironman so that you can then go qualify for Kona, have a kid free weekend, go to an Ironman together, you qualify for Kona, then we go back next year and I get to strip at you. There <laughs> you go. Like, I don't know if that's the reason or not. I just, like, <laughs> just want to do an Ironman. <laughs> Is he racing the rest of this year or is he done for the year too? So we don't have any races that we're signed up for, but um, we have talked about it. And it's weird because like, I feel like usually whether you have a good Kona or a bad Kona, you're like, Hey, my fitness is still good. I'm going to go do Florida, Arizona, Cozumel, because those are really our only options. Um, and because your fitness is so good and you want to like continue to like bank off of that and qualify for Kona. But now I'm like, well, even if I do one of those races, like it doesn't qualify me for Kona because it's men only next year. So like part of me is like, what's the point? But part of me is also like, I want to like, I want to use the fitness that I have because I didn't get that opportunity. Like, I, I think I'm most mad too about my run because like that was affected by my bike. And like, I've never really had a bad run in an Ironman before just because like, I think it's just because running is my thing. And that's um, why like I do well at Ironmans because it's the it's the end of the race and like marathons are hard for people in general and put them yeah. in an Ironman like they're even harder so um I think that's what I'm still kind of like shaking my head about like how did that get so messed up when like mm-hmm. I had way better fitness than I did going into Coeur d'Alene in June and I ran 10 minutes 11 minutes slower like I just I'm just scratching my head over that trying to figure that out and like I said maybe when maybe if I blog a recap <laughs> maybe that'll like help me try and figure things out and like not be so upset but I don't know it's weird yeah. to like still be in this like limbo of like hmm why did things happen how they did and is there anything I could do now to kind of like not redeem myself but like make myself feel better <laughs> yeah yeah did you um do you feel like just on the run you just didn't have any energy just couldn't no turnover yeah yeah my legs just felt like super dead not in it you know who knows I was for a little bit like um after I saw the boys and Ryan on Aliki at like mile one um I kept seeing people um which was great to like help me because mentally I was just like man I really just want to like stop and go be with my boys and like go hang out at our our condo and cheer for other people because I 
I just couldn't figure out like why my run wasn't there. And all I can think is that like, I had to push too hard on the bike, like unknowingly, because I wasn't able, like, I was going the watch that I anticipated being able to go, but like, it wasn't me, it wasn't moving me as fast because of my tire. Um, And had I known all of that, like, (laughs) I almost wish that like, after I put my bike down, I would have felt the tire again. And, but I guess that wouldn't have really helped. I would have still had tired legs. So I just, yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe just burn through too much muscular, muscular glycogen by, by being at a lower risk or high, being at a higher resistance, you know, and then just not having enough pieces. Um, yeah. What, you know, you kind of briefly touched on this, but is it, you know, what really you briefly touched on this, like, cause we talked about, but cause a lot of, you know, a lot of people really get to this point in the, in the marathon where they just maybe do want to quit. Um, <laughs> and you didn't, you still got yourself to the finish line. Um, and you know, did so in a decent, decent fashion. Now, yes, not to your capabilities <laughs> or what you wanted to do it in. But um, what were you saying to yourself out there? Part of me was like saying, "Okay, you're gonna find a second wind. You're gonna hit that energy lab, and you're gonna like everything's gonna be fine again." Um, and then it was. Um, do you know Amy Farrell? I know the name. I recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. she she was out there. Um, she wasn't racing. She was just out there expecting, and she was everywhere it was unbelievable like I saw her the first time on um Aliki right after I saw the boys and um she just was cheering for me and then when I was coming down Aliki she was cheering for me again and she was like go make those boys proud come on mama go get them and so I was like oh like I can't disappoint her after she said that (laughs) and then I saw her on the Queen K like right before the energy lab and she's like come on you have to get in there and as soon as you get in there you have to have this big smile on your face because otherwise you have really terrible race photos like I do so fake it till you make it baby and I was just like just kept saying these goofy things to me um so having her out there like really helped and like I didn't know that she was going to be out spectating that she would like even see me so many times and seeing other women too um like having it be a women's only race like I kept obviously only seeing women and it was just so cool to like see people that I knew out there and like teammates and like having women cheer for women and like especially anytime someone would say like go mama like things like that like that just really kind of made me think okay I have to do this like I'm not injured I'm like nothing's like my my quads are hurting because I something happened with my bike yeah. I didn't know at the time but um that like that's not going to limit me like you're you're not you didn't tear your Achilles like just keep going um yeah. so so I did <laughs> that's awesome and I think that's just really powerful too because it you used you used all the pieces that you needed to use to keep yourself grounded and keep yourself moving um what did you think about? Because obviously, so you are one of the people that has a, a you know a spouse or a partner that races too, and you guys often would race together. Um, I know that gets a lot harder when you have kids, um, <laughs> um, and you probably have to pick and choose now um, potentially. But what did you think about this? You know, having it be a women's only race, and you know this the split. I guess it was hard because I, I mean I liked it a lot better than last year because even though you know the women and men were kind of on separate days we had the men with us last year so that wasn't as great um so I did like not having to worry about like men especially on the bike like flying by and then cutting me off like that was a little scary last year so it was kind of nice to not have to worry about because I feel like women are most women are pretty respectful like when they pass you they give you a lot of room before they cut in um so it was just a totally different vibe on the bike like I felt um and 
I feel like there were a lot of cheers for each other too. Like, um, I remember going by a girl and she was like, way to go, way to go. And I'm like, oh, but I'm going to stop at this aid station. So you're going to pass me right away. Don't worry. I'll, I'll catch up with you later. And just after the race, she found me and she was like, that was so fun running with you for a little bit. And then there was another girl. And like, this is why I knew my run was not, not going well. Cause I usually like, I'm the one doing the passing because the running is my strength. And a girl passed me that was in my age group. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, why, why, why can I not figure this out today? Um, so she passed me and I was like, okay, we're going to regroup at this aid station, walk through the aid station. Like even Jan Verdano walks through the aid station sometimes, like you can do that. And so I did, I stretched out my legs and got like, made sure I got all my fluids. And eventually I caught up to her in the energy lab. And then, um, after I passed her, I had to stop to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I came out of the bathroom. She's like, I was wondering when we'd run together again. Like she was just so positive about it. Even, I mean, you know, we weren't going for a podium spot at that point or anything, but just like having her like be happy about me passing her. Like it was just so cool to have. Cause I feel, I don't know. I feel like that's something special about women racing against women. Yeah. There's a lot more celebration for and respect for each other out there. I feel yes. like. And we can compete, but we can still like, and want to beat each other, but still celebrate each other at the same time. I feel like you get that and you see that when, when it's just women. Um, and I think that's a very powerful piece that, you know, it needs to be celebrated more. Um, (laughs) yeah, definitely probably challenging for you and your husband, like navigating the split and whether, what that means, like, can we go to Nice? Can we not? Can we, uh, you know, I know that, I mean my husband doesn't race and it would be very challenging for us to go to Nice with the kids. Um, yeah. I know. And our thing is like, that far. no, no. <laughs> um, even if like that's, I mean, that course would be hard. I think Ryan would do really well. Cause like he is like so good on the bike. So it would, it would be a great course for him. But our thing has always been like Kona, you know what I mean? That's been our story. It's like always our wedding anniversary. So like neither one of us had the desire to do anything except for Kona. I think that, sorry to like keep bringing it back to Kona, but I think that's why um, this year might've been so difficult for me to still wrap my head around is because when is the next women's Kona? Like, because for sure men are racing next year, but like, I know they have a four-year commitment with Nice, but like they can back out at any time from what I've heard. So like, will I have the opportunity to race in 2025? Like, I don't know. And I think that's why it's so hard for me because like, I want to go back and like have this awesome race that I know I'm capable of, but like, will I ever get that opportunity? I don't know. (laughs) That's a fair thought. And I think that's a a, a very valid reason to feel part of what you're feeling. And, you know, those are, those are valid things. And I think, you know, it's important to be able to feel those. Um, yeah. Kind of thing. Um, well, awesome. Well, we're coming up on an hour here and I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's getting late, late for you and, um, hopefully the, you know, hopefully your kids are asleep. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and hopefully they stay asleep for the whole night. Um, but what would you, so I have a couple, I have like one to two ish questions that I usually ask like almost everybody, but, um, as you know, as a mom in triathlon, what would be kind of your advice to the mom that maybe either wants to start triathlon, it could either be you wants to start triathlon as a mom, or maybe they were always in it and they just recently had, you know, their new mom and they want to stay in triathlon. What would be kind of your advice or <laughs> not even advice, but what would be something that you would tell someone for encouragement in that space? Don't feel guilty about taking that time to train because you need, like, you need an outlet 
whatever it is, triathlon, whatever, to be able to be a good mom and be fully present for your kids. Because I like, if you don't have that, like you're, it's almost like you're going to feel not resentment, but like kind of frustration towards your kids because your life is consumed by them. Like you need some sort of me time, some sort of release and let that be triathlon. Like might as well do something good with your body. Right. There's a, one of my athletes, um, she's an, she's also a new mom. Um, and she, she sent me this and I'm going to totally butcher what this lady said, but she sent me this thing on Instagram and it was, to me, it was like so powerful because it was this like wanting to change this thought process of, you know, as, as moms, we get told we're good moms if we stay home or we're good moms. If we re we pick the kids up, I don't know. I mean, this isn't what she said, but pick the kids up from daycare, you know, or, or remember to do this with the kids or take them to the park. We're good moms, but you never get told you're a good mom for doing a marathon. Right. You never mm-hmm. get told you're a good mom for going to the gym. You never get told you're a good mom for going for a run or taking, getting a massage. And yeah. she's like, but that is a good mom. That's, and that's, that's you being the mom that you need to be for, you know, bolstering yourself and nurturing you. Um, yeah. and again, I'm totally butchering what does this lady said, but that was sort of the point. And it really, you know. That's it's kind of what you just said as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like they say on the plane, like put your face mask on before you put the one on the kid, right? Like you kind of have to take care of yourself before you can take care of the kids. Like if you want to be successful at taking care of the kid. Yeah, exactly. And okay. And so then um, my last question is um, kind of along the lines, similar, similarly, but for especially for those of people that just got done racing Kona, we're kind of in a Kona theme right now. So everybody, you know, I just recently just had another chat with a girl um, for Kona. Um, but for people who are maybe new to the new to the island, you've raced on the island nine times now. What would be advice you would give to somebody who's new to racing on the island? Oh man, well, thank you for every second of it. Um, it's super unpredictable. Like you never know what you can get. Some years are like crazy wins. Some years there's no wins and records are broken left and right. Um, like I think knowing, like knowing all of the different conditions that you could face, but not being afraid of any of them or anticipating like, Oh, I'm going to have to go slower on the bike because it's going to be windy. Like, I guess kind of take everything that people give you with a grain of salt because things do change so quickly. Like I remember one year, like, it was headwinds basically the whole way. Like you just never really know what you're going to get. Um, so take what people tell you, like keep it in the back of your mind, but don't overthink it. Like just enjoy the moment and like do what you can without um, the thoughts, or I guess the, the advice of other people influencing you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think that's beautiful advice. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was great <laughs> advice. Um, awesome. Um, do we, do we know where we're going to see you next year? Are we going to see you on the race course that you haven't figured out yet? Know where we're going to see you out there in 2024? So the boys turn two on July 4th and challenge Ross happens to be July 7th. So there's this rumor that if you fly on a plane before your kids turn two, then they're free. Um, yes, even if they, they turn are. two while you're gone. Oh, so yeah. So we're that. like, Hmm birthday trip for the boys cool so me ryan and me ryan and i and our friends were two other couples just happened to get into the roth all of all six of us so we're like shoot we we can't not go and so we're gonna celebrate their birthday in germany (laughs) oh my goodness that is a bucket list race for myself that is so cool yeah we couldn't believe it (laughs) oh that'll be fun yeah so i'm going with a bunch of friends 
Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, cool. I can't wait to see how that goes and kind of see how Roth goes in your journey next year. And um, thank you so much for coming on tonight and just kind of sharing your story a little bit and a little bit of mom life and yeah, chatting, chatting kids and triathlon. <laughs> it was great. About all our life is right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Great way to end the week though. Talking about things good. I love. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, thank you again so much, Jackie. And um, yeah, well, maybe maybe one of these days we'll catch up again after Roth or something and we can see how things are going with two-year-olds, which yes. is even more crazy, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, Jackie. All right, thanks. <laughs>